Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we're still reading from Matthew chapter 5, and we have been for the past three weeks. We have been listening to Jesus essentially teach us the Beatitudes, the blueprint for the whole Christian life. Now, this weekend, Jesus concludes his teaching of the Beatitudes. Now, the passage that we hear for this weekend is probably one of, if not the, hardest passages in all of the Bible. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard it said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Now when we first hear this, It's difficult teaching for us, but it's important for us to understand Jesus is focusing on the Mosaic Law, the Torah, which forbids the misuse of the law to carry out private vengeance. Now, turn to Exodus and Leviticus. Here we see God giving Moses the Torah or the law, and then Moses passes that law on to the Israelite people. Now, these laws were to govern the whole way of life for the Israelites, but also it dealt with punishment for the violation of the law, as well as justice. And so, the laws were meant to limit, limit retribution. They were by no means used as a means to inflict punishment for personal vengeance. And yet, that's the problem. The problem is that the Israelites were doing just that. Over the centuries, the Israelites were manipulating and abusing the law for their own personal vengeance and retribution. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is addressing here in the gospel passage for this weekend. Originally, God gave us the law so that punishment of the violation of the law would be just. And essentially, it would be the punishment would fit the crime. The law initially was to moderate justice rather than being used as a weapon to inflict vengeance that the Israelites created. Notice what Jesus says, When someone strikes you on the right cheek, offer the other as well. Once again, this is hard for us to accept. Think of it, at a very early age, many of us were conditioned to defend ourselves. Maybe think of yourself in grade school standing in line for lunch, or maybe waiting for recess to begin, all of a sudden, you feel that push from behind. What's your first instinct? Turn around and push back. Or maybe you're on the playground, and you're hit, maybe with a ball or some object. What's your first instinct? To pick that up and throw it at the other person. Why? Why do we do that? Because if we don't, if we don't defend ourselves, 
people will continue to walk all over us, take advantage of us, continue to push us around. We become the doormat for everyone. And so we defend ourselves. But what does Jesus say? No, you can't. You can't return violence for violence. Notice also, too, it's not just violence, but it's also verbal attacks and abuse. There's that little detail in which Jesus says, one who strikes you on the right cheek, which means what? The striking you from the back hand, the back of your right hand, which constitutes an insult. So we cannot not only return violence for violence, but we cannot return insult for insult. Jesus continues. He says, Should anyone press you in service for one mile, go for two miles. Now, it's a common practice during Jesus' time that Roman soldiers would recruit and compel Jews for temporary service. In fact, Jews could not resist because Romans had a legal right to press any civilian into service. Where is that best seen? Well, Simon of Cyrene. During Jesus' passion, Jesus is carrying his cross. He is becoming weaker and weaker. The Roman soldiers see this, and the soldiers fear that given Jesus' weakened state, he will collapse and die before he even gets to Golgotha, and he'll cheat them out of his death. And so what do they do? They call into service Simon of Cyrene, and he carries the cross up to Golgotha. Well, what is Jesus calling us to do? Calling us for a willing generosity to go beyond the required call of duty. So if anyone asks you to do something, you go above and beyond what they ask or call for you to do. Next, Jesus says, You have heard what it is said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Here, Jesus is referencing the Levitical law. We hear this part of it in the first reading for this weekend. Now, that reference to neighbor is, or it means, to a fellow Jew. Consequently, it's easy for a Jew to love a fellow Jew, while at the same time, it's okay to hate Gentiles, which are non-Jews. Well, Jesus now turns it up a notch. He says, it's not good enough for you to just love family and friends. Instead, we have to love all people, especially our enemies. Now, if you are a first century Jew listening to this from Jesus for the very first time, and you look upon the streets of Jerusalem as Jesus is telling you this, what are you seeing? You're seeing Roman soldiers. These soldiers are occupying your country. They're oppressing you and all of the citizens of Israel. They have taken away your freedom, forced you to pay taxes. As an insult to injury, now you have to pay taxes. And the taxes don't go to what our taxes go to in this day and age, to schools or roads. Instead, the taxes went directly to the soldiers that were oppressing them, as well as to Caesar. And now Jesus is telling you, you have to love those soldiers. Well, this is hard. This is hard for any of us. Picture in your mind a person that you do not get along with. This person always is pushing your buttons. They're absolutely annoying to you. And now Jesus is telling you 
that you have to love that person. Well, upon hearing this, your first response would be, are you kidding me? But yes, we can. Now remember, love in sacred scripture, especially when it's used by Jesus Christ, is not a term of affection. It's not a term of emotion. When Jesus uses the word love, it's an act of the will. Love means to will the good of another. Now, we can do that easily with family and friends, but we also can do that with strangers, even our enemies. I'll give you a great example of this. Say, for example, you're in pick and save. You bought, you're waiting to buy your groceries. You're standing in the checkout line. There's a person in front of you, a person behind you. They're complete strangers to you. And yet, you can turn to them and you can say to them, I will the best for you. I will the best life, the best health, the best family, the best career. And I will pray for you and I will counsel you and I'll do whatever I can so that you have the best of those things. Well, you have just loved that person, despite the fact that they are a complete stranger. See, when we do that, we put into practice Jesus' teaching. But take it to an even deeper level. When we love our enemies, we benefit personally by it. How so? Well, the first way we benefit by it is that it's the best test of the quality of our love. Love those who we don't get along with. Why? Well, it's easy for us to love people or to be nice to people that we know will be nice to us. It's a sign of reciprocity. It's a quid pro quo. I will treat you well and with respect, provided that you treat me in turn with respect. Well, that's not an act of love. That's an act of self-interest. We expect somehow to benefit by the relationship we have established with this person, by willing the good of others. Instead, a true test of the quality of our love is if we can love all people, especially our enemies, expecting nothing in return. See, then that speaks volumes about our quality to love. Another reason why we should love our enemies is the fact that sometimes they reveal something about ourself that we don't want to admit or we see inside of ourselves. Think of the person, again, that we don't get along with, that annoys us. Could we see a part of ourselves in that person? Many of us have a shadow side deep down where our flaws exist, but we repress them, we deny them. The problem is we project those flaws onto our enemies. And Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. He says, Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye when you have a wooden beam in your own? Well, our enemies might help us to see the truth about ourselves, a truth that we don't want to acknowledge. Take it a step further. Goodness tends to bring out the worst in people. Look at the end of Jesus' life, hanging on the cross, abandoned by his apostles, while the Roman soldiers and the religious establishment heckle him, mock him, and verbally abuse him. All signs of hatred. Well, we have to realize goodness can inspire people to hate. A final reason why we should love our enemies for the hope of reconciliation. What good does it do for us to retaliate and get even? 
just escalates the situation. Notice what Jesus says at the very end of the gospel for this weekend. Be perfect as your Father is perfect. Well, Jesus is calling us to a higher standard of mercy. Just as God the Father is kind and merciful and good to all, even to evil people, so too must we. We, if we truly are God's children, adopted through baptism, then we have to follow Jesus' teaching. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. Take some time this week before Ash Wednesday to pray over this gospel so that we may properly be prepared to enter the season of Lent. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.